Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Psychiatria, the show where we explore true healing and everything that might mean. I am Danny, your host, guide, and fellow human on this journey. So, if you've ever checked out our organization, Free Range Psychiatry, you can find us at freerange.org. <laughs> you probably know that we don't agree with much of what goes on in mainstream westernized medicine. In this organization, we talk a lot about the woes of the system because it breaks our hearts. Namely, how this country is overmedicated because of corporate greed and our doctors are never taught the truth of what they're doing. Even in medical school, these people we hope are learning to care for humans are not even being treated as humans themselves. In this conversation with Zainab, we talk about her journey to and through medical school and her eventual decision to leave the system altogether. Her story brings up so many interesting points and ideas, but most of all, I think it really showcases what it means to try to heal both oneself and those seeking help within a system that is already so broken. As a quick heads up, you'll probably hear Zainab's jewelry tinkling and the birds chirping in the background. I think it adds the ambiance. Okay, dear listeners, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Dana. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> we're both just smiling away about this. I think we're both pretty psyched for this conversation. So yeah. um, you are a... I guess you're technically a fellow with Free Range, like doing our Free Range Fellowship, but you're also doing kind of a lot more with us and have a lot more going on in your life. Um, so I'll give you a moment here to introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, so my name is Apar Zainab Demir. I was born and raised in Turkey, and I am a mother. I'm a partner. I'm a Free Range Fellow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a learner and a maker. I guess the way I found myself to free range is because I am also a medical doctor and I was training to become um, a psychiatrist. And after second year of residency, I decided to um, maybe pursue kind of a lift, a little bit of a different practice of healing and um, medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think <laughs> you did a very good job of very uh, shortly, quickly summarizing your life <laughs> in that. Um, it's very briefly touching on a lot of things. So that's that's good. So, yeah, like I've said, kind of what we're going to talk about today is your experience in your like quote unquote traditional medical training um how that i guess has kind of like steered you towards this like new commitment to the holistic path and like holistic way of doing things and holistic practices but also using this as a way like as a commentary just on the system in general 
and how that makes it so difficult for doctors and for people to find this true soul healing that we're talking about on this podcast and like these methods and these practices and these stories that I'm trying to bring to people. Um, you know, there's a reason why I want to do this podcast. And that's because mainstream stuff doesn't, doesn't tell these, like doesn't talk about these things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I want, I want to, you know, hold space for, for this story for somebody who's walked in that way and and walked much of the path to like traditional doctorhood and uh yeah so i guess it lets us start with this journey like through med school and and sort of what that felt like and what you know these key experiences along the way were i'm so thankful for this episode i i i just want to first yeah, I'm so grateful. I've been um, needing a space to talk about this for so long, and it it just means so much to me that it's like coming together and you're holding space for this. And I'm finally finding the courage to like talk about it and go through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And let's just call attention to that real quick. Like, it takes a lot of courage to to talk about these things and to dive into that and you know I mean going into that is like a whole other episode but yes I want to give you the like the commendation the appreciation that you deserve for for doing this and for wanting to do the work and stepping into it so yeah it's my honor and I'm just I'm just here yeah thank you thank you but that's not yeah yeah, I mean it it's just so immediately present to me because as I reflect on this like you know, what was medical school like? What is it like to go into the system and like exist in that like day to day for, for people and what it was like for me, it was like sheer panic. It was just like continuous, like clenching and like bracing and like trying to survive, trying, it's just such a weird, like way of existing. And it's so grueling. Yeah. I do think it affects some people differently than others, you know, like I think that's a thing, but generally I think it's just let's set the scene a little bit for people, especially like myself who haven't experienced med school and like don't really know exactly what that entails. So like on paper, like when you sign up for med school, what what are they telling you you're going to do and like how is your time spent? You're just going to be studying. You're just going to be like reading and taking exams, listening to lectures. And that's what you're going to do for years and years. And that's going to entail, you know, for me, what it was, was two years of like, and this is not even counting prep time, right? Like to get into med school, you have to do like about a year and a half bare minimum, like coursework. And then Mm -hmm. you have to take an entrance exam. And then you get into, you know, do your letters and do all your extracurriculars, like be a well-rounded, do everything, (laughs) you know, and then jump um, through the hoops. (laughs) Yeah. And then get in. And then I was studying. I mean, for me, what it was, different schools were different, but for me, it was like 16 hours a day, pretty much of like just doing stuff you know, Mm. but whether it was like preparing for an exam or preparing for another exam that's going to be coming up or, you know, like 
going to a on-site examination or laboratory work, you know, going to the dissection lab. Like it's just all these and and you're taking exams. Like for me, I was taking an exam every Friday for two years. Like literally just pretty much like you take one day a week off to do whatever your laundry or whatever needed to get done. Yeah, like basic human survival needs. Yeah. Right. Wow. So it's like crazy in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people dedicate their 20s to it, you know, good or bad. Like you can do that in your 20s because probably you don't have your kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you've dedicated your 20s to it. How are you going to yeah, feel Yeah, a whole that? decade of your life. Yeah. Wow. And also, I'll just draw the comparison to this episode will come out, I think, several months in the future from when we're recording it. But um, I'm like 24 and not in med school and about to like move out of my apartment and drive across the country and like do all this super like cool adventure shit. And I'm like, that is the antithesis of medical school. Uh <laughs> uh it's it's like in your 20s you can either commit yourself to the institution or abandon all responsibilities and (laughs) except to like yourself and your happiness you know which i think is a responsibility we don't talk about enough but uh yeah probably the most important one Ooh. Now I'm starting to like really. That's the that's the bandwagon I'm in, and I'm like yeah. I'm staying here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think when I hear people talk about med school and residency and like even like postdoc and all the things you have to go through, um, which. I've heard, you know, stories of from all of the psychiatrists at Free Range and and their experiences with it. And it's stressful for everybody. And the things that you guys are expected to do, you know, the phrase that I just kind of keep coming back to and uh, that is sort of the theme for this episode is we want doctors to treat humans. That is their job, right? To, To treat and to heal humans. But we don't treat them as humans. We don't. It doesn't. It doesn't compute. It does not make sense. So, yeah, and and I know from our previous conversations that, like most people, you went into doctor school. You decided to become a doctor to help people. You know. So, I'd love if you could talk a bit about sort of how that like core drive and desire started to change or like evolve or be morphed or whatever as you went through this Mm -hmm. education process Mm -hmm. yeah I mean initially I started um I was traveling and I was um this was right after college I was traveling um I went to India and Thailand and I was um, just seeing like so much just frank medical need that was on the street, you know, people that had infections that had, you know, it was just like basic medical care was missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I grew up, you know, my mother's a physician, so it was like a comfortable kind of 
space for me, I think, you know, I grew up watching her help a lot of people and go to, you know, go to homes, go to calls, like, you know, because this was in Turkey, it wasn't. And that's the thing, like, I feel like in this country, medicine is practiced so differently mm. than in many other parts of the world. You mm -hmm. know, this is in this country, it's part of the business plan. And that's what makes it just so it runs off its tracks. But so I was traveling and, and I was going back to actually, interestingly enough, I was going back to an investment banking job. Mm. Um, Ironic. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I went back, I, you know, finished my travels, I just graduated college, finished traveling and went back to Minnesota to start an investment banking job. And I lasted only three months and decided I'm going to apply to medical school and, and whatnot. It started doing a public health master's in the process. So that was all like really good because I was learning stuff that really made a difference. And pretty much though, shortly after first year of med school, I'd say, I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, hmm. what are they doing here? What are we doing here? What is this? Yeah. Um, I was, I, at midway through first year of medical school, I was on Adderall. Um, right before I started on medical school, I got on, um, SSRIs. So like, that's kind of where really the ailment process started, right? At, at the end of first year of medical school, I had acid reflux. I'd never had acid reflux. I didn't have any, you know, it was like all starting to unfold. And then I just kept pushing because I was told to just keep going. Like, this is what you do. This is a one once in a lifetime opportunity. You don't let this go. This is crazy. Like you're going to help so many people. You can't deprive people of this. Like these are the things I was he hearing from. And at the time I didn't know that like, just because somebody's chronologically older than you doesn't mean that they know more than you. You know, they yeah. know different stuff. Mm -hmm. What were you gonna, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Oh, just, yeah, I agree. People who are, uh, we're all always learning. We all have different sets of experiences. And yeah, people who have been around longer, like have, have seen more days, you know, but it doesn't mean that they're always right. I yeah. think is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that, I think, at the time, you know, yeah. you know, I think probably some of my like self-worth is really like entangled in that kind of achievement, you know, driven. I don't know. Uh, I mean, a lot of these things kind of still are unfolding themselves, right? Like it's mm -hmm. observing my own process and seeing like, what was this? Because now that I'm stepping back, I'm realizing, oh, my goodness there is so much there and like grief is coming at waves and like all these different emotions and like memories you know memories of patience I saw like the, the context in which I've seen people like it's all a very traumatic the way it's done in this country can be very traumatic yeah so it's really um I think pretty shortly after med starting medical school I I started getting sick, but I also like started seeing how sick the system was, you know, because I was feel like I'm I'm super feeler person, you know, and this is another part of this whole thing is like oh, so many people that are really amazing healers are kept out of being able to be part of like a legit healing community because there's also like the mainstream medicine right now is a fraternity. 
Like it, it's mm. still, you know, it's an old men's club. Like it's a fraternity. <laughs> so you got to either conform or, you know, you get spit out or you get burnt out or you get whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, from from like a, when I started to sort of understand, like, OK, I want to go into studying people and I want to study the mind and like psychology and neuroscience and, and all that kind of stuff. I was like, it would be really cool. It would be really cool to get my doctorate and be like Dr. Danny, you know, like, I think that would be really fun. But as I got further in my education and like kind of learned more what all that would entail, um, even if I didn't go for a clinical degree and just, you know, more more of an academic one and like aim towards teaching or something like that, I'm like, it is just like there's a whole bunch of this that just has to do with academia, too. And there's mm-hmm. so much hoop jumping. So, like, that is, I did not uh, go to grad school and I'm not planning to. Um, mm-hmm. There are some, like, alternative type of schools out there that I, I am still open to. But, yeah, doing things like becoming a yoga teacher, like yeah. getting a health coach certification, learning Reiki, or, well, like, all of these kinds of things are so much more attainable and like (laughs) i feel like that path from like person with the desire to help and heal to like being a practicing healer is just like a much healthier path for a lot of these other things um totally yeah yeah i i'm just realizing that too yeah i mean like it's i'm just you know what it is though and this is why like i'm so grateful for free range and kendra is such an amazing soul because i i feel empowered like i found a space and a group of women it happens to be like all women right now a Mm -hmm. group of women that are holding a safe space for like expression and being able to really untangle some of this because it's a big fucking mess like it's (laughs) such a mess that we all find our poor like souls stuck in trying to conform trying to you know do what what we thought was the right thing the the thing like the system you know like it's just really getting to believe like no the system really is fucked up and it's not really looking after like the the well-being of all people or like most people mm-hmm. um and it's a really hard thing and that's what i meant like when i said at the beginning the courage thing because it's like you find yourself under such scrutiny in the medical I mean we happen to be in the medical community but I'm sure that's true for all other you know like you're saying like all other very systemic communities Mm -hmm. um, that it's like really hard to do without finding your like safe space and like you know base of empowerment which is what I meant like you know what free range is giving me you know has given me like um and it's huge because otherwise it's it's hard otherwise you either like jump in the abyss by yourself which is like as a social creature like as social creatures that's like really hard for us to do you know yeah yeah or you just like keep swimming in the current because that's (laughs) i know yeah 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 i totally hear you about the the power and the importance of having these supportive groups like that and that align you know for for the person for you 
um, with what you want and what you're working towards your values, you know, and the stuff that you're choosing for your life. Um, I want to ask a question that may be hard to answer. And uh, I am a big believer that there's like there's positives and negatives to every experience. You know, I think it's it's really easy, especially when we're processing things and sort of like coming to new realizations about an experience to just kind of get like hung up with the side of the story that we're just now starting to see Mm -hmm. um but i'd love if we could i don't know i guess kind of try to like sort of just like an intellectual challenge (laughs) Mm -hmm. try to pinpoint some of the positive takeaways from your medical educational experience and also just and the negatives like just sort of hit those on the head so yeah what do you think Mm, i like this exercise (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. let's start with the positive i have gained like such an in-depth knowledge of something I mean, there's nothing else in my life that I've, like, done for now, what is it, 2009, um, to now. So, whatever that is. Like, 12 years. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just, like, been constant, right? Like, for the the most part, like, I took breaks, but those are more, like, processing times than anything. Um, and so it's like super in depth and it, and I now feel like because of that knowledge, I can continue like, you know, learning a lot of different things in a different light. And it's just, it's an amazing experience in that way. Like the depth, the kind of persistent daily, like presence with it, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just Um, like the complete involvement and, uh, yeah, I mean, like for me also, it's been, I think, so much more about like the the spiritual connection to healing. Like I've mm-hmm. learned the medical school aspect, like I wish in a way, I wish that I could have like apprenticed for 13 years with like eight different like healers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. to me is a much, you know, but now that I've like gone that way, like through the medical school r- route, like it is. It has given me such an amazing, you know, like I can do everyday mainstream things now too, which mm. is really important to be able, you know, like your inner city homeless communities and your whatever, like the public health and where it intersects with, you know, general medicine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it taught me dedication. But I don't know. Right now I'm like really kind of, let's talk about this again in maybe like six months. I think I might feel a lot more positive about it. Yeah. Um, Um, Once I'm a little removed, I think right now I'm still very much going through like that um, relief of letting it go because mm -hmm. I didn't realize that it was so hard for me to carry. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just kind of like thinking about like how bad it is (laughs) in a way. Um, because I think so many people still are in it, like, and struggling with it, you know? Yeah. I just want to point out, too, I remember from when we, we talked about this previously, that I don't remember what exactly the things were, but you're like, yeah, I would not have ended up here had I not done all of that, you know? There yeah. is There is also just that 
element mm-hmm. too. And not that I'm like pushing for you to be like, yes, this was a good thing. That like, no, there was a lot of like a lot of shitty stuff in in those years for sure. I'm just trying to capture like well, all, yeah, I wouldn't all have, sides I wouldn't of it here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because I keep going back to that too because mm. now I'm actually like learning more about like Eastern philosophies and like you know reading about like astrology but also like you know Ayurvedic like Eastern traditions and how you know like reincarnation what does it mean you know quantum physics like what does it mean the continuum of existence and so when I look at it in that way I'm like well it's actually like pretty awesome like if my soul chose this body and this venue through which to like manifest whatever is my like you know brightest manifestation while I'm here in this plane like yeah it's pretty fucking awesome like you know learning um yeah so exactly mm-hmm. everything is like yin yang you know like yeah good and bad and <laughs> I mean I'm so I'm really happy where I am now in life mm. and I don't know that I could have gotten here like I don't know if I'd taken a different path, you know, so I can only yeah. say like, I'm grateful for the path I've taken. Yeah. In a mm-hmm. way. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, there's always an interesting, like an interesting balance of that. Mm. And you can definitely understand. So you have, I think always had holistic leanings per se. Those ideas and practices have always been kind of, part of your life in one way or another so I think the question that I posed to you initially was how was it like how does one actually retain those ideals and those values while you're going through traditional medical school so yeah there's that question but also like what did that look like for you what planted the seeds and then I don't know I don't yeah words <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is a deep question this one hit mm. me home. um so I think my like holistic approach of medicine and whatever like goes back to I mean I think a lot of it is like being coming from a culture where folklore and and folk medicine and and some like shamanic practices being part of culture, you know, like, yeah. So that concept for me was always very like normally there and present juxtaposed my traditionally trained pediatrician mother. Mm. Right. So, mm-hmm. so um, you were always like, you always had exposure to both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause like the Turkish culture has a lot of like the nomadic eastern southeast asian nomadic traditions my father's Mm -hmm. family comes from that Mm -hmm. background so it's like yeah so it was very availably yeah it was present Mm -hmm. um i think that allowed me to when i was then going through traditional medical training allowed me to be able to, even though I might have not had the courage to challenge openly, it gave myself the permission to keep challenging the system to myself Mm. and reassure myself when I felt like something is really not right here. Mm. 
to just have something that I could like fall back on and say like, I know, I know what I can trust. Like I know what feels better. Yeah. That's huge. And I feel like the lesson there is like, trust your gut, man. Like if, if you're feeling like something isn't quite right or doesn't quite align, like that means something, you know, and it doesn't mean you have to like run away and abandon everything. But take a Don't sec, like you know, sh- yeah. yeah. <laughs> take a sec to to listen to it and and you know ask the questions. And yeah. that's exactly how I survived traditional medical training. Is I kept leaving. Mm. I didn't know I was or or I wasn't courageous enough at the time to be able to say like I keep leaving. Like come on, just just go with it. You know. I also had visas stuff. Like that was what always kind of brought me back to like, mm. hey, this is like a safe way I can exist in this country mm-hmm. and I can keep, you know, learning, whatever. Um, Do you think if you didn't, um, like if you had been born here and you didn't have to worry about the visa situation, do you think you would have left and not come back to med school earlier on? I don't know that I would have gone to med school if I didn't have visa stuff. Wow. <laughs> That's big. Yeah. 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 After I came back from uh, my, after I quit my investment banking job and I came back to Iowa, which is my, where my family was living at the time, I wanted to open up a vintage clothing store and sell jewelry, which is what I'm starting to do now. <laughs> that just, <laughs> I feel like that fits you so well. Um, it fits you so well. <laughs> I, I love, love that. it. That's my yeah. I love I love that stuff. Like, and I would have. I mean, I went into college studying art. You know, mm. like that's what I probably would have continued to. Yeah, yeah. It's funny where life takes us, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I have a I have a cool uh, vintage jacket. I got to show you when we're done here. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I'm getting back into it. I'm thrifting yeah. like twice a week. Nice. I'm getting junk boxes and finding treasures. Ooh. So should start a YouTube channel. Yeah, I really should. This is another thing I've been thinking a lot about, but it's okay. It's down. It'll happen. I just got to right now. I, my motto is like, go with the flow and just like embrace ease. Yes. You know, yes. You've been putting yourself through hell for many, 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 many years. Yeah. So, like, let things be easy for a little while. Yeah. yeah, you will. Something will come along, and you'll know when there's a challenge you want to pick. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's like gold right now. Because people yeah. are still like, oh my gosh, I'm selling jewelry on the street, and people are still like, go back to go back to residency. <laughs> I'm like. Buy your jewelry and leave my stand now. <laughs> Take it and go. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. Thank oh you for goodness. saying that. That's really. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very hard what you're doing. And I don't know that. I mean, I guess I can't, I can't even try to put myself in your shoes, but. It feels easy now, Danny. Mm. Honestly, like. It feels like, thank goodness. I mean, again, like there's been like a few, like five, 10 women, five to seven women, I think probably in my life right now, I've been talking a lot with, which has been so helpful. Um, But it's like, once I got that, like, 
once I allowed myself to feel that gut feeling of like, what is right, like mm. without having to be like, oh, but what about my mom? Or like, what about, you know, like my title? And what about my like, you know, how am I going to make money? Or, you know, all these other stories, like all of that went. And I literally was like, how does it feel? Like every time I thought about going back to residency, literally my gut would just be like, like mm. turn into just a knot. My breathing stopped. And I would just kind of go, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. like answer. Okay. And then when I think about selling jewelry, I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to find today? <laughs> what box am I going to, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. And that's yeah. my answer. But sure. Like, it's not easy. Like mm-hmm. I work, you know, I work a lot still, you know, like I'm now carrying big boxes and this and that, like that kind of work. But I prefer that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, at least I'm not prescribing people like medications that now I'm learning are like killing them. Yeah. And I didn't even know that because nobody taught me that in exactly. training. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, man. So for the people at home who are listening to this and they're probably like, oh, my God, does my doctor feel like that? Like, was their experience like like? is <laughs> like what do you what do you want non-doctor people to to take away from this you know i do think so one thing i wanted to say about that actually what i was trying to say that i couldn't say is that now um in the context of um free range psychiatry one of the, as you know, support groups we have is medication discontinuation support group, Mm -hmm. which has been such a teacher for me Mm. Um, in terms of like how people experience doctors, you know, because we talk about like, we talk about just interject real quick for people at home who don't know, we'll Mm. we'll put a link in the show notes, but this is a group that Zainab is leading. Um, So holding space for these people who are coming off of psychiatric medications uh, which i i've yeah continue to it's amazing yeah so, <laughs> yeah yeah it really is like such a oh such a such a what is it it's like i mean for me it's just so humbling and and really just admitting like they're just being like yeah yeah i'm so sorry your doctor is really not doing the right thing for you and not being able to stand with you Um, but also we talk about, and this is where like, I really do believe that a lot of 90% of whatever, like a majority, most majority of medical professionals go into medicine to help Mm -hmm. for altruistic reasons. This is true. Um, they get really trapped. The system first and foremost, like traps them financially. And then like, you use your like youngest years to do this one thing. And if you're not the type to like actually branch out and do other things, whatever, then you're just like, you're a doctor, you become a doctor. It becomes this like ego. It becomes this like identity thing. And a lot of people I think get lost in that. And then they just feel like, okay, well, I just have to keep doing this because this is my only like existence. This is my way of existence. Mm. But also most of those people are extremely sleep deprived for years, like for 10 years, they yeah. haven't slept kind of thing. Probably most of them are not eating right. A very small majority is like 
practicing any kind of like wellness, like true wellness, true compassion for themselves, because they're not able to, like they're literally practicing like in the system, like constantly and can't branch out easily, Mm. you know? So it's hard for them to see a lot of these like here, um, you know, because like in this group, for instance, we constantly talk about how doctors have this way of um, discounting what a patient, like whatever the patient comes with, especially in the psychiatric settings, right? Whatever the patient comes with that is not in 100% alignment with the practitioner's desires of treatment planning, Mm -hmm. then the patient becomes um you know like not lucid not with it poor judgment you know vague like all these terms of kind of um like the patient is essentially this invalid entity that is cannot make mm. any type of um judgment on their own accord yeah just like not a functional human right because yeah. they're not wanting to take medi so the all of this is to say like that happens a lot. A lot of practitioners act that way because they're not able to actually have a human conversation. Mm. Like they are existing under conditions that demand things from them that are literally inhumane, that are not in accordance with what a human body, soul, spirit does, like, you know, to exist on this plane. So they're just kind of in that algorithmic existence. So I I do think that's where like it's so important for patients and people to really look for, you know, be informed, like Mm -hmm. talk to more than one doctor, talk to doctors outside of um, clinical setting, talk to other practitioners. You know, there's all sorts of, you know, psychologists and, you know, art music therapists, like there's all sorts of, you know, um, healers talking to and just looking for our own answers I think you know like trying to stay as informed as you can be I mean this gets really hard right because like it's a privilege to be able to actually look for your own answers (laughs) exactly it shouldn't be that way yeah but yeah (laughs) that's where we're at unfortunately yeah yeah I I mean I think there's good ones out there I really do still not really dated ones Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there, I mean, I've had experiences with with doctors, like, you know, primary care docs who are at least not closed off to mm-hmm. to other things and, like, know what they know. And they're like, yeah, if you want to go do this mm-hmm. other thing, like, by all means, I don't know about that. But, you know, and I'm like, I I appreciate that honesty. But, yeah, I think sort of what I tried to do was, you know, both working with people who are who are holistic and alternative and also like mainstream docs is like just using your gut, you know, like, and uh, if you walk into the office and you wait for two hours and then you spend five minutes with the actual doctor, like that's probably not the place you want to be. That's probably not where you're going to get the help you're looking for. You probably don't even need your gut for that one. Yeah, I know. Like, that's exactly. Like, you just need your watch. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but it's sort of like a balance between knowing the shit that doctors have to go through and having, like, 
I don't know what the right like yeah not settling for empathy or sympathy or what but like having some like being like you're not a bad person most likely you're just probably trying to do the best that you can like you can with what you've gone through and the system you're trying to exist in but also this is not right for me Mm -hmm. you know and also um Mm -hmm. like just sort of knowing knowing that uh, i think it's it's helpful um to totally if we can start if the public can start to see doctors more as humans um i think that will help a lot (laughs) i think it'll help a lot and that, by the way, is the system's doing that mm. doctors are like these gods. Mm-hmm. Like you go to doctor school and you make a lot of money. Yeah. But you start doctor school all trapped in money. So it's most people don't see that part. That's what starts like the, yeah. Yeah. It's like they have to charge you boogers of dollars because somebody charged them boogers of dollars. And then it's such a bad system. I it's know. like, yeah. I mean, you that just make a cog in the wheel. Yeah. But then some of us are like, uh, this is also part of like my thing now. I'm like, wait, I'm actually privileged enough to leave this right now and actually like maybe do something that's not going to kill me, which is going to maybe shed more light on like how messed up things are. You know what I mean? Like it's seeing those too, because we're in a pretty interesting time period, said everybody who lived (laughs) in their time. But exactly. there's going to be some shifts, you know, like in a lot of these callous like systems mm-hmm. are getting so old that just like they're kind of like breaking mm-hmm. in places. And yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how the shifts happen. Yeah. I'm sure the, the capitalist machine will monetize whatever comes its way. But. Oh, yes. It will fight long and hard for for its money. That's a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's without a doubt. But mm. I'd love to sort of circle back to something you said at the beginning, and also sort of wrap up with a big systemic question: as like, what what can we ponder about as like possible better ways to do things? You know, and uh, not that like I'm gonna go out there and campaign for this, but like. Let's see what we can come up with, you know, and I honestly, I liked that idea that you said at the beginning of you, like, I wish I could have taken these, this decade of my life and just apprenticed with a bunch of different people and learned about all of these different ways of doing things. Because I, and I feel like also to sort of nod to, to what you were just saying is I think a, a lot of this new and next wave of medicine and healing whatever is like very interdisciplinary like things are starting to become even in the mainstream world like things are starting to become less separated Mm -hmm. or starting to like integrate the the organ systems and like all of that much more than we previously did so like next step is like let's integrate how we treat them you know let's have people learn about traditional Chinese medicine and uh, Ayurveda and uh, body work and energy work and all of all of these things and like once you've had experience in all of those then like go for your training you know in wherever you want to do but yeah 
and I think a lot of people would agree with that, that like the hands-on, the experiential, the one-on-one or like small groups with, with the, um, who does an apprentice work under? The apprentice mm. manager. I don't know. <laughs> who is that? <laughs> yeah what is that like a master i guess i know that's the word that and i'm like i don't like that word there's gotta be a better one the wizard i feel like there are lots of like sci-fi books that have like wizard apprentices you know the wizard the wizard yeah i like that um yeah Mm -hmm. i think and i think it's like so much more natural honestly like when you go back in humanity you know hundreds of years like that's how humans existed there wasn't this like doctor in a white coat like yeah there was someone you know a shaman a healer a you know whoever the the there was somebody who had knowledge but like, it was it like a neighborhood a person right or like a, like a, a, a family person or you yeah. know they were local yeah exactly and it wasn't like this made up entity like i feel like doctors now it's like a it it doesn't even mean a healer like a doctor what a what a medical doctor means is something very different than a healer mm. yeah you know it's like an engineer of of pathology or something yeah yeah you know that is like trying to understand something or i don't know maybe not even i don't even know about engineering that much don't aren't you yeah. I uh, yeah, my my dad is an engineer. My oh. boyfriend is an engineer. Yeah. So I I have no. some engineering in my brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh but you know yeah. what I mean like it's just not what it is. So Yeah. And I, and that's because it's like a systemic problem. Mm, yeah, modern day doctoring doesn't feel very authentic. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's just kind of like matching symptoms to medications algorithmic yeah it's very Mm -hmm. algorithmic like Mm -hmm. it's categorizing if you can categorize and follow algorithms Mm -hmm. that's what it is which is like great if you have like strep throat you know it's like okay we do this test we know you have strep throat we give you this thing and then you're better Mm -hmm. but like so many of the things that people have (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like are so many of our symptoms don't work like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah and it takes yeah it's like a puzzle like you really have to kind of sit and be patient and like observe and look into get curious about like that's really what a lot of like symptomatology is like the way to get to i think root cause it's so interesting like the medical system uses this term root cause mm. so much mm-hmm. and they literally do not practice root cause at all they're like very much band-aid but you know getting to like the root cause of like i feel like symptoms it's so multifactorial like it's really story and narrative like what elena's you you all talked about you know like yeah. without that there you can't heal and that's what I'm learning. I'm personally learning that right now. Mm. Like, this isn't like me learning it in school. <laughs> this is like I'm going through it, you know? Yeah. I, I don't oh. know that any kind of medical or healing professional can really tell a person what the root cause of their suffering is. 
You know, I think there's there's so many people out there that are like, we're going to help you figure it out. And that's even what we say at Free Range. But like, we mean help you, right? Like, it's you who's going to do the we'll work. Be with you. Like, we're with you. Exactly. Or you're healing you. Yeah. Yeah. We're just facilitators. Supporters. Yeah. yeah. I hope that the rest of the healing world kind of keeps going in that way and goes more towards respect for all healing disciplines and and knowing that it is the individual that has to do the work at the end of the day Mm -hmm. yeah well i think this is a good place to wrap it up here today um are is there any anything you want to leave people with as we close it out Hmm. yeah i mean just really follow your guts i think our guts really do tell us where where we need to to look and we know everything like we really do you know we have everything that we need to understand ourselves and whatever is going on with us no matter how dire it might seem no matter how whatever like it's all part of the message you know Mm -hmm. And just getting curious about it, getting playful about it, getting intimate with it, vulnerable with it, <laughs> rolling around in shit with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, I mean, it's really beautiful to be human, I think. And we all have what we need. And mm. thank you so much. This has been so amazing. Mm. Yes, it has. This has been a super cool conversation. Um, and thank you for digging into all these deep questions with me. I, I really appreciate that. I think this is, um, this is a pretty valuable thing that we're putting out there. I really appreciate you. <laughs> Namaste, friend. Namaste. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, dear listeners. As always, you can find the links to all the things we spoke about in the show notes. And of course, this podcast is made possible by Free Range Psychiatry. You can check us out at freerange.org. If you have questions, thoughts, feedback that you want to share with us or ideas for future episodes, please get in touch. You can send me an email at danny, D-A-N-I, at freerange.org or message me on Instagram at Psychiatria Podcast. And remember, if you like what you heard, follow us on your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review. It really helps to spread the word so that others can learn about true soul healing. Okay, dear listeners, stay curious and I'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.